calling all lovers of mystery and fans of a good story. If you haven't already heard me talk about June's journey, you're in for a treat. It's time to don your detective hat in this free hidden object mobile game that delves into the captivating journey of June Parker, a self-proclaimed detective on a quest to unravel the mystery surrounding her sister's untimely death. In June's journey, you get to play as June, deciphering clues and unveiling secret plots within thousands of beautifully illustrated scenes. And did I mention it's set in the glitzy 1920s? New chapters are added weekly, so you will never run out of new thrills to uncover, and you can also personalize and decorate your very own Orchid Island where the story takes place. How sharp are your detective skills? Find out when you download June's Journey on your Android or iOS device, or play online via Facebook games. Your detective journey awaits. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving god, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Hey, everybody. We're really distracted right now because our cat's running around in the basement eating spiders <laughs> willy-nilly. She's but, just she's just a, a spider slayer, you know? Truly. Even the basement's safe in the truest sense of the word. Uh, we have an amazing episode for you today. Our friend and yours, Joanna Robinson, is back. You may know her from Storm of Spoilers. You may know her from Cast of Kings. You may know her from Decoding Westworld or Gen Pop or Little Gold Men or <laughs> VanityFair.com. <laughs> she's everywhere. She's everywhere. She's everything. And today, she's here. Oh, so exciting. But before we get into the episode, we just have a couple quick announcements. Yes, we do. Uh, as you know, probably by now, we sell five handwritten lyric sheets every month, the proceeds of which go to a different charity uh, or organization every month as well. And this month, we just have three of the five left. We want to just give you a heads up. They are up for sale, and all of the proceeds this month are going to the Southern Poverty Law Center. You probably know what they do, but I'm going to tell you anyway. The Southern Poverty Law Center is dedicated to fighting hate and bigotry and seeking justice for the most vulnerable members of our society. Using litigation, education, and other forms of advocacy, they work toward the day when the ideals of equal justice and equal opportunity will be a reality. Pretty important time to be funding organizations like Southern Poverty Law Center. Mm -hmm. Also, pretty important time to scoop up a handwritten lyric sheet if you want to give it to somebody for the holidays because they're going to go and they're going to go quick. What a lovely gift. So you better act now. Wow. Did you like my sale voice? That was great. Uh, actually, speaking of sales, the other thing we want to let you know is that in our store, the werewolf misogyny t-shirt, uh, even a werewolf is better than misogyny is what it says specifically, and the maroon just keep fighting t-shirt are both on sale. When those t-shirts are gone, they're not coming back. So if those are on your list of things you want or you want for someone else, scoop them up. They're on sale and they won't be coming back for the foreseeable future. So get on it. And now on to the show. Woo! Welcome 
Welcome to Buffering the Vampire Slayer, a podcast where we are watching and discussing every episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer, one at a time. I am Jenny Owen Youngs. And you said your name so carefully. I am Jenny Owen Youngs. Just really trying to get that S in the right place. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm Kristen Russo, and this week we are talking about Season 3, Episode 8, Lover's Walk. Stay tuned at the end of this podcast every week for an original song written by us, recapping the Buffy episode we are discussing. Lover's Walk was written by Dan Weber and directed by David Simmel and it aired originally on November 24th, 1998, just two days after I turned 17. Wow, and probably right around Thanksgiving. Probably. This is the one, according to IMDb, where Spike returns to Sunnydale and kidnaps Willow in hopes of creating a magic spell that will make Drusilla love him again. Good job, IMDb. Good one this week. Nailed it. This is also the one where Joanna Robinson is back. Yes. Woo! Hello, Joanna Robinson. <laughs> we we heard you giggle. We heard a giggle. We, we heard a mysterious giggle. <laughs> I couldn't contain myself. <laughs> Thank you so much for taking time out from making 75 other podcasts all the time, nonstop, to talk to us. Yeah, when we called Joanna today, she was like, oh, I'll be right with you. And then when we got on the call, she was like, I'm so sorry. Somebody just dialed me into a podcast real quick. Just a surprise, a surprise dial in. (laughs) I picture that being your life all the time. You're just like always on a podcast accidentally. Oh, yeah. Like what's the what's what's a Navy SEAL who's like. The extreme secret Navy SEAL who like the, the like black ops like that's like all of what you Navy are SEALs in are... the world of podcasting. <laughs> Just like oh, you need it done. You need it done now. You need it done right. You need it done in the dark of night. <laughs> Get Joanna Robinson. Call Joanna Robinson. Oh, you guys. So how's it going, Joanna? I'm so delighted to be here. Um, oh. oh my god, you guys. I <laughs> I. Obviously remembered this episode of Buffy Vampire Slayer. Um, I had some like bullet points in my head of like, yeah, this is a good episode. Good. I'm glad I'm on this one. Then I watched it. I was like, oh, my God. No, I love this episode. This is <laughs> great. Because like, you're really into the SATs. Is that you guys, I care a lot about the SATs. <laughs> did you did you care about the SATs when you were in high school? Was it a thing for you or did you not care? I, I was a very bad student, but I was sort of like I'm a little like Cordelia in that like I, I do test well, but I don't like to try. No, mm-hmm. Cordelia probably tries. Anyway, point being, <laughs> um, I got I got a similar score to Buffy, but let me tell you this right now. Let me explode some myths of this yeah. episode. You cannot <laughs> float right into the best college in the country on SAT <laughs> scores alone. I hate to tell you that. Not even in 1998. So well, um, but with her with her collection of you know slaying, like she does a lot of extracurricular activities also mm, with like so. all of her absences and then her inability to get a letter of recommendation from a single. Teacher yeah. who knows and her that, name. Yeah, and, no. And that one time she burned down the fucking gym. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No. And also fled because she was under suspect for murder. <laughs> she's definitely getting into all yeah. of the college. Right? She's not going to Brown and she's not going to Carnegie Mellon. I hate to break to Joyce. So yeah. The other the other sad thing, we were we before we started talking about Buffy, we were talking about other relics of the 90s off air. But um another <laughs> another relic of the 90s is that. Like we can no longer now sort of smugly or uh, or sheepishly compare our SAT scores to people yes. younger than us because they've got a different 
like system now. So yes. when you're like, oh, well, I, you know, when Buffy's like, I got a 1430, I'm sure there are some of your listeners who are watching like, oh, girl, what? That's- right? <laughs> now, because now it's like double that is yeah. the top score, right? Exactly. It's I like know. something I felt, crazy. So yeah. I felt very upset about that, that like my score would never be understood by anyone except for like my generation and earlier. <laughs> I know. I can't, I can't wow the teens with my SAT score. Like what am I even doing on this planet? <laughs> but for any, any teens who are watching and and still confused. Uh, it was out of sixteen hundred, so fourteen fourteen thirty yeah. out of sixteen hundred is pretty pretty good. But we had one one student in my uh, class who got a sixteen hundred on the SAT. Wow, yeah. I got a. I think I got a. Oh, sorry, is this gross? I think I got a perfect verbal and then like a uh, an okay math. And then, that uh, was so gross. They- I can't believe <laughs> you said that. <laughs> I have to go throw up and then we can continue. Willow is somewhere crying hearing (laughs) this news, Joanna. (laughs) So Cordy, of course, many layered Cordy uh, does well. Mm -hmm. And Willow does well, doesn't think she does. Buffy does well. We don't find out about Oz, right? Because is he even taking? No, because he's like left. He's he's a hangover from. (laughs) But he doesn't take the SATs again, right? Who knows? I don't Who know knows? what happens when you flunk and don't do summer school and yeah, just stick around know. for plot reasons. I don't know what happens uh, to your SAT score. <laughs> but Cordelia, like, so a moment that I love that happens in this opening scene, besides learning everybody's um, test-taking ability scores, <laughs> uh, is Cordelia like looking to Xander and silently like mouthing the word no. <laughs> when, she does not want a double when date. I want to go on this double date. It's my favorite. She's like, no, I feel like I have moments like that with Jenny and Jenny never pays attention or picks up on my messages. Accurate. Uh, Jenny's like literally Mr. Peanut Butter, just like, yeah, whatever anyone wants to do forever. And I'm like, stop. You guys don't, <laughs> do you guys have one of those, um, gestures at a party? Like I want to go like tug the earlobe or anything like that. We no. don't. We don't. Sometimes we set one up before we go to a party, and then by the time we've been at the party for half an hour, I no longer yes. remember what it was <laughs> right. that we ever had one. That I have a wife, exactly. That I don't live wherever this party like, is. Like Jenny is the kind of wife where it'll be like, okay, Jenny, I will hop on one foot when I'm ready to leave the party, and then I will hop on one foot, and she'll be like, crit in front of everybody. Kristen, why are you hopping on one foot? You know, Amazing. like so it just it doesn't work out for us. So we should never do anything like a heist with Jenny is what you're saying. No, no, probably no, no, no heist. Not. Uh-uh. The other the other thing that happens in this scene like right at the top of this episode is uh Willow Willow makes a Cle- or no, it's Xander who makes a Cletus the Slackjawed Yokel joke, right? Which is a Simpsons reference. Uh like a classic oh, 90s Simpsons reference. Oh yeah. <laughs> I miss thank goodness you're here. I was deep like I was deep into the Simpsons in this era. I'm not I'm not I'm by no means a Simpsons scholar, but like this was this was a good a good Simpsons time, you know? It's great. Yeah. This was, uh, yeah. When did the Simpsons start? Uh, well, technically. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> You're like, I'm not a scholar, bud. <laughs> well, technically it did start as like uh, animated shorts on the Tracy Ullman show in the 80s wow. before it became like its own thing. But uh, can you, like, isn't it crazy that we're talking about Speaking of relics in the 90s, we're talking about this beautiful jewel box relic of the 90s that is this episode. And The Simpsons is still on the air. Like, yeah. Forever. Oh, my yeah. God. Ever. Yeah. It's like 100,000 seasons is, yeah. I think, about where we are. At, yeah. Right? Yeah. Conservatively. Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
I want to also give a shout out to um, Buffy wearing baby blue because we don't have Kate on this episode. Uh, and so in honor of Kate, I would like to say, Kate, we see you. We know you're appreciating baby blue on Buffy here. <laughs> That's incredible because I definitely watched this episode going, what is Kate going to talk about? I know. <laughs> I have good notes. Skirts. <laughs> oh, good, 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 good. Yeah, we can pick up the Kate. We can pick up the Kate slack uh, with some minor observations on fashion. Probably no extensive discussions on boutonnieres. Nice. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Pronunciation and everything. Um, um, can I can I surprise you guys with something that I would like to uh, an award that I would like to add to this episode? Please, what? please surprise us. Yes. Feel free to edit this out if you disagree. This this episode has the craziest transitions between scenes that I don't remember as being characteristic of Buffy necessarily. So I I wanted like chalk this up to uh, Dan Weber, which sounds like Dan Weber, like the way a vampire would say it. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> the writer of this episode, Dan Weber, who wrote this episode and the Zeppo, and that's the only Buffy episode he's ever written. But um, huh. he has these like okay, so we're about to get one right where. Uh, you know, Cordelia says, what kind of moron would ever want to come back here? And then smash cut right to a moron coming back to Sunnydale. So yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> there's a bunch of them in this episode. So I propose a sexual transition award um, Ooh, for this episode of, buff- of Buffering. So Wow. Wow. <gasps> Jenny, pressure's on. Are you nope. going to have a sexual transition award jingle? <laughs> I'm prepared to commit <laughs> to this thrilling new venture. Wow, I love it. Yes, I'm in. And it is a fantastic transition. Yeah, we did have a we had an episode way back where we talked about it wasn't a transition as much as it was a pan down through a doily and we got like really uh, yes, pan Amazing. down through a doily. <laughs> yeah, the doily pan down. But also Joanna, don't think I don't appreciate your saying smash cut when it is quite literally a smash cut mm. into sm- into spike. <laughs> wow. I mean, it's like a s- double smash cut, you know? <laughs> Kristen, I'm just saying. Um, <laughs> Great. Yeah, and oh, you're right. It it is well, fancy that it's Spike. You have Joanna <laughs> Robinson on an episode to talk about. It's Spike. weird how it just timed out like this. I know. We could, yeah, coincidence. It's really one chance in the whole season, and here you are. Spike, I love you. Spike, so dreamy. Spike, you trench coat. Spike, I love you. Spike, you blackmail. Spike, peroxide. The Jamie Lannister of Sunnydale, <laughs> rolling back into town. Uh, Joanna's favorite character and mine. Spike, yes. Spike really not not making a case for himself in this episode. He's got ups but, and downs. Ups and downs in this episode are Spike. Yeah, he does. Uh, some High major highs. downs, but some ups too, so it's okay. <laughs> yeah, this is the this is the drunk, sad Spike. Uh, very different from the first time that Spike crashed through the sign uh, and was sort of like the badass with a cigarette, super cocky, super full of himself. Now he's just a pile of mess. Falling out of his car. Kristen, I seem to recall, were you the one who had like a bunch of stuff in your car as a teenager? Yes, like, I okay. did. I was a disaster. Yeah. My car was a disaster. Did it resemble the backseat of Spike's Yes, car? yes, it did. I didn't even make that connection for myself. But yes, there was just, there was never any food. Like I wouldn't leave like rotting food in my car. Yeah. But other than that, yeah, bottles, cans, cigarette packs. Amazing. Um, I probably didn't have like an open bottle of like bourbon or whatever he's drinking in the back of his seat. But other than that, yes, this is what my car looked like. I think my parents wished 
I had painted the windows black. Well, I, was about I, to say, I was about to say, you probably didn't paint the windows black. <laughs> I didn't, but if, if I had, my mom would have been a lot less upset with me. Every time she walked by my car, she was like, why? Why? <laughs> so I know, I know that Kristen and I have like a, a special problematic place in our heart for Spike, but I don't know that I know, Jenny, what your temperature on Spike mm. is. You guys, it's season three, episode eight. <laughs> What at this point is there not to love about Spike? <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> wow, very cautiously right. walking into the Spike arena, Jenny Young. Well <laughs> I mean, look at him go. He is pretty ideal. Uh, and you, we see like the full range of drunk, sad Spike emotions too in the fr- very first uh, moment with him in the factory. Is that mm-hmm. what he is? The factory? Yeah. Uh, no, he's in the mansion at first. I think I, it's in the you, factory. It's like got all the like those high back chairs that they had. Those were in the factory, right? right? See, he, this is confusing because I thought the doll, dolls, the dolls got moved to Vamp Mansion. That's what I thought, oh. but but, but maybe the some of the dolls, dolls behind. stayed behind. Is because I got confused. I was the whole episode. I was thinking, where in the mansion is Spike? That Angel doesn't know he's there. Right? And then by the end, they start saying the factory, and I was like, oh, okay, it's two different places. But anyhow, the factory where the burned dolls are. He's like, he picks up the doll. He's like, why did you leave me? Right, and then he. Turns a- really angry. Vamp face occurs and he smashes the doll on the ground. And I feel like that's like just the general arc of Spike. He takes like a lot of small versions of that through the episode, and then one large version of that through All the right. episode. Sobbing, screaming, sobbing, screaming. Just heartbreak. A little bit of Frank Sinatra by way of the Sex Pistols. Ah, <laughs> you know. yes, right. yes, 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 <laughs> right. yes. Yeah, yeah. The, he, I, I think uh, James Marsters does some uh, good drunk acting in this episode. What's funny, so I, I have become a pretty insufferably uh, intolerant of bad accents uh, now in my adult <laughs> life. But as a teen, I was like all in on Spike. Um, wow. Yes. The accent's not great or consistent but um, I have such like nostalgic affection for it so but when you add like a drunken slur to Mm -hmm. his already like quasi inconsistent cockney accent it's a lot it's a lot happening (laughs) like vowel wise (laughs) (laughs) yeah there's there's a moment where I tried to like write down what he said it's like some at some point when he's standing outside of the mansion oh yeah he just he's like leaning outside of the mansion and he just says like yeah you and then tri- it's like right before he trips and it is for sure Joanna exactly as you said all it's like all confusing vowel sounds he's like uh, how about I do all the vowels here right. why, not? <laughs> why not let's do it so so back for a second we, let's leave Spike for a second because we're going to talk about him for the whole episode back to this quartet because some serious shit is laid down in the next yeah, scene yeah, yeah. right it's time to like really prepare everyone for the knife twist that is yet to come yes by really just like hammering it home like oh Cordelia has finally put up pictures of Xander in her locker against even her own better judgment and Oz got Willow such a nice little witch Pez container yeah and by the way we looked up if there was a werewolf Pez dispenser and there is a 1960s vintage wolfman werewolf so Oz didn't look hard enough he could have found one for himself yeah Willow should have hit that you know eBay situation up hard (laughs) you know Uh, but uh, 
guys, I re- like as much as I love Spike. At the last episode I was on, I talked a lot about my love for Oz. And yes. as much as I like as much as Spike is my problematic fave, Oz is just like my gem of a pearl of a human fave, right? Mm-hmm. Obviously. Mm-hmm. This scene where he gives her the pest dispenser, every I know I know the whole point is for them to build up just to twist that knife. Of course, <laughs> of course, that's what it, this is here for. But like, she's like, what's the occasion? He says, pretty much you are. Ah. <laughs> and then she goes, it's just so thoughtful. And he says, well, I think about you. Ah. And she says, I don't have anything to give you. And he says, yeah, you do. And he doesn't even like kiss her there or anything like that. He just goes, yeah, you do. And ah. walks away. And you're just like, oh, my goodness. Such Where can boyfriend. I find one? <laughs> Such a good boyfriend. Also, I feel like since it's, this episode aired in November, this is not to say that Oz is any less of a boyfriend. I just feel like he also knows how to get a good deal. He waited for the Halloween sales. You know? oh. like, <laughs> wow. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, tis the season. I noticed. I was like, wait, it's November. So. <laughs> uh, also, Giles got invited to a retreat, everybody. Does, we don't finally. Do we even? We don't like learn anything about it. Do we even know if it's a watchers retreat? No, he just said like there's just... a lot of druidic activity in right. this particular clearing nearby. Wait, oh, do you so think you think he, he? You think he's going by himself? To no, a... no, he's meeting up with people. But I get the sense they're from the like uh, druidic activity chat room in Sunnydale. Oh no, oh. Jenny, that's so sad. No, I mean he's finding his own. Friends. Oh, okay, Maybe he's okay. like looking for other techno pagans. Like oh. too, oh. too, too soon. Ah. Well, well, wow. No, 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 no. Wow. No, um, Giles got a type. Giles is and, ready. And they're probably also interested in druidic activity. Wow. Okay. I so call it I call this retreat we need to conveniently get Giles out of town retreat, right? Yeah, like, like, that's mm, that's what this retreat for is. For sure. Giles had like a wedding. Or not Giles. <laughs> <laughs> Anthony Stewart had had like a a wedding to go to and they were like mm, druidic activity retreat great yes. one guys <laughs> or they just wanted to do like teen hormones run amok 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 and like the Ooh. watcher doesn't belong there you know so yes. I don't know but yeah yes he's got a camp stove and everything I believe <laughs> right <laughs> a camp stove oh, but, and speaking of 90s relics before we leave this scene because Buffy and Giles are like having a conversation about college and um, we have another 90s relic I, well what I consider a 90s relic which is Buffy saying be kind rewind yes oh yeah <laughs> so for all of you young people <laughs> be kind rewind is a uh, uh, phrase that was usually on a sticker that would be on the case or actual tape of a VHS. Yeah. What's that? that? You would Wait, rent from a video store. So a VHS <laughs> is a great big rectangle <laughs> with a movie on it, and so it's like a computer. No, not like a computer. Oh. Just like a big hunk of plastic with some tape inside of yeah, it. Yeah, like a large but, cassette tape. You might know that from the new resurgence no, 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 no. of cassette tape. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Cassette tapes are two reasons why, children, yeah. you know what a cassette tape is. <laughs> uh, but I always thought that that was such a great, like, do we know, does anyone know who invented it? You know, who's the guy that, like, put oh, the fun sticker on it and then never got any credit? I'm sorry, who's the person? Mm. Who's the mm. guy? Who am I? Get out of here, Kristen. You know? Just another cog in the gigantic machine of the Patriot Patriarchy. Uh, let's, <laughs> that's who you let's, are. Let's play it, Jenny. All right. The Patriarchy! <laughs> Hooray! Hooray! 
Okay, so beautiful jingle. I just wanted, like, okay, so Joanna, you were there in San Francisco when Jenny was gifted. Well, when we were gifted, but when Jenny was actually physically gifted with this bat, right? With yes. the patriarchy bat. Oh my god! So oh my god. we've put it on social media, but I just feel like we played the jingle. So, so, so two of our listeners in San Francisco made took a bat that had that probably said like Happy Halloween, and they undid the back of the bat. They opened it up. They put a new recorder in it that had our jingle in it. So now, when you squeeze the bat's foot, it just does the patriarchy jingle. It it's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. Lovely human. They were so charming. They were so Ugh. charming. They were so like bashfully happy to give you that bat, and. You know, Jenny at first was like, oh, a stuffed bat. How nice. And then right, it, of course. And then your voice came out of it. And it was <laughs> amazing. Yeah. I like, thank God you did not play it while I was driving the car from the airport because I could have crashed it. I was <laughs> yeah. so surprised. I've never been more surprised in my life. Perhaps the key to gift giving when it comes to me <laughs> is just whatever it is, make sure my voice is inside oh of it. Oh, my God. You just, you just set yourself a trap for life. We're going to have a room full of like – Things that just say your voice now. So, so when I get you like a witch pez, it, like when you open its jaw, <laughs> it not only sing. do you get candy, it goes the patriarchy. <laughs> like that. Yeah, just just it, you can just write the patriarchy really tiny on each pez. Joanna. <laughs> okay, <laughs> that would be spectacular. Oh, uh, so anyhow, onward from the patriarchy. So here we get another beautiful Dan Weber classic tr- transition. <laughs> Which Buffy says, (laughs) Buffy says to Giles, nothing's going to happen. Cut to Willow saying, something's going to (laughs) happen. Yes. Because bowling is too sexy. Too sexy. With the shoe rental, too sexy. You know, it's like you think it's a joke until later when you see Cordelia's bowling hair. Did anybody notice how she did her hair for bowling? It looked great. That's exactly what I wanted Kate to talk about, actually. It was not <laughs> any clothing but Cordelia's bowling hair, which is, right? I think, perhaps her best hair of the entire series. Serious? She went hard for bowling. Yeah, she great. was like, I'm going to just curl it, put it up. I, As soon as they started talking about bowling, like I was really hoping that I would get to see Cordelia bowl, even though I knew in my heart of hearts that I would not get to see Cordelia bowl. Of course I know this. Mm-hmm. I really want to see it. Yeah. Do you think Charisma Carpenter bowls locally? <gasps> oh, my God. <laughs> I mean, not that I would ever find out where Charisma Carpenter bowls and then go. This is just a bit. I'm just doing just, a joke right now. It's, yeah, you're just. I got to go. It's all I mean, she, she has kids. So, like, she probably bowls with her kids, right? Like, that seems like. I don't know that, like, Charisma Carpenter herself, like, of an afternoon would go bowling. But I could see her as, like, an awesome mom who would go bowling with her kids, you know? Totally. Oh, hell yeah. For the record, I believe that Cordelia is probably a good bowler. Right? I, that was, mm-hmm. like, that was, that was, I feel like if, if there's a weak link in that team, it's Xander. Yeah, yeah. I'm not too sure even about Oz. I'm going to tell you what. I think that the, I think the lady have it on, on bowling. Cordelia, I think, is definitely the most athletic gifted of the four. I mean, <laughs> no disrespect to Xander, who looks amazing in a Speedo, but I think that... Yeah! <laughs> Speaking my language! Like, oh my block. god! <laughs> so that's two episodes in a row that we've gotten to talk about Xander in a Speedo. Oh, no. Okay, well, I'm about, to go, I'm about to go ham on Xander. Are you ready for this? Yeah, I'm... Oh, we're always ready. Okay, so, you know, your, your listeners who get mad when you go hard on Xander are really going to dislike me because I... <laughs> At this point, hate Xander. I I rewatched Revelations before this, uh, you know, just to like warm up and be like, oh, I watched the one before. And I watched yeah. it with like balled up fists. I was so angry at Xander yeah. in that episode. He is 
the worst um, in that episode. <laughs> but so, you, you know, you guys have been talking this season about this whole Willow-Xander attraction thing and how much we hate it because we love Oz and we like Cordelia. and No, we lo- you love Cordelia. Mm-hmm. Um, you just like Cordelia. That's okay. I, I like Cordelia a lot. I don't like her for Xander, so I don't, like, care about right. that relationship. Right, 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 right. right, right. I, ca- I care so much about Oz and uh, Willow. And um, I-, I was trying to remember my teenage feelings watching this season, like, when I was a teenager. And I-, I remember it was complicated by the fact that, like, A, at that time, I didn't hate Xander as much. And mm-hmm. B, um, you-, you know, I was I was set up to sort of root for Xander and Willow because the, the way this dynamic we've seen play out in so many, like – 80s movies is uh the guy falls in love with the wrong girl and doesn't and ignores the best friend right in front of him who's the right girl for him all along right so xander's like pining after buffy and pining after cordelia but the right girl for him was in front of him all along and it was willow and so that like you know and and willow has that like heartbreaking scene in in i think it's season two right right where she goes like you would rather be with her than be with me and she's so sad and we're so sad because willow's sad Mm. but the but the problem and so you're like so you're kind of like oh yeah xander finally figured it out that willow is like the right person the problem there's a couple problems one uh as kristen pointed out a couple of ago is like just don't cheat like i understand teenage <laughs> feelings but don't cheat and lie about it it's terrible and and number two is um in the meantime they cast someone who's better than xander and it's oz and um mm. and now i'm just and now it's like Willow's doing the wrong thing. Willow's chasing the wrong guy when the right guy is right in front of her, her own boyfriend. I don't know. It's it's like a sort of messy unified theory of love triangles. But like, you know, it's it's playing with a lot of tropes, which is, you know, what Buffy likes to do. And and it's destroying happiness, which Buffy also likes to do. So Um, (laughs) but I remember remember feeling more conflicted about it um, as a teenager. And now watching it, I'm just like, ew, ew, stop, 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 stop. Yeah, this. This got my only caps of the of my note taking. Actually, can I kiss your earlobe? And then I said, "Uh, stop touching her hair. Like, just stop it. Stop like everything." In the middle of they're the goddamn in school. day, like, school. I just, I don't know. Like, I get it. Right, fine. There's there, there were moments that I understood as this plot line unraveled for us, where like you have moments and you don't mean to and whatever, and you don't want to say anything because you think it's over. Like, I get some of the pieces of it, but the but the way that they place it like in school and like in places where they could be easily found out it just seems like so over the top disrespectful to their significant others whom they love like right. that's a good point Joanna right it's not even like it's not like Willow is in a relationship where we're like well you know she could do better like she literally can't she <laughs> she couldn't <laughs> find Oz is just so wonderful and so you don't get to even have the like well but maybe they were meant to be like no we already we already know that Willow and Oz are great. He Wonderful. gave her a little witch pez <laughs> right? just because. Because he thinks about her. Because she's the occasion. Uh, because. Uh, I cannot. All right. There's another There's another transition here. It's not a, <laughs> it's not a great one, but it's an okay one. Where, Wait, yeah, what is it? Willow says any suggestion. Like, like, we need to stop this or whatever. It's either Willow or Xander says any suggestions. And then we cut to Joyce suggesting some colleges of schools oh. for Buffy. 
Any Boy. suggestions? And then Joyce is like, well, there's CMU and nice. Brown and blah, blah. So. And then she also suggests keg parties and boys, which I found real fun. This is what this is what she thinks her daughter needs, kegs par- keg parties and boys. Do you feel like Buffy saying I don't see a distinction between keg parties and boys and demons and hellmouths uh, is a call out to the uh, demon lizard patriarchy? Is that wow. Is wow. 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 You now. Now I do. The patriarchy. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for blowing Je- my mind. <laughs> Jenny, Jenny is just sitting like open mouthed at the mic, and I'm looking at her like something something's gonna come out of her mouth, but she's just blown away. Um amazing. I have a- also yeah. oh sorry. No, 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 you please go ahead. I just like there's something that's come up uh, twice so far uh, in the episode at a previous scene with Giles and his camping gear. And now this scene that is like really just raising a- an ongoing issue for me, which is that everybody's like, well, Faith is here in Sunnydale so she could take over your. Sl- is anybody going to give that girl a place to live so she can get out of that motel? Uh, if they wanted to take over the Hellmouth slang duties, could she live with someone? Slayers, slayers don't get a lot of respect, I don't think. Like, I don't think that's part of it's like because did anybody also ask Faith? Also, <laughs> like, no. Like nobody was like, hey, Faith, what would you think about Buffy going to college? Like everybody's just assuming that Faith's gonna step right in. I, uh, I also do you think that Faith wants to leave her motel? It's so like nice and spotting that she just wants to like <laughs> stay there forever. <laughs> Joanna, you couldn't even have a way of knowing that that is Jenny's favorite line (laughs) from the entire last episode because we haven't even put it up yet. But there's a a, a snippet of Jenny doing that exact line in in Revelation. The cumulative amount of time that I've I've spent saying it's real spotting (laughs) is, well, I've wasted at least an hour of my life or made something beautiful with at least an hour of my life. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. It's good. It's really good. No, but you're right. Like, Joyce... I, I, it's hard. I don't want to spoil anything, but you know, I would say that Joyce uh, will make some efforts for for Faith in the future. Mm-hmm. But, um, but like, yeah, I mean, Giles is a watcher. Like, uh, does he have? I don't know if he has an extra room in that like little abode of his. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think just, he does. I think he does. I think he could have some room for Faith in his little right. apartment. Something. There's got to be a spare room at the Summers house. Even Look like, at the outside of the house God. and then consider what we know about the, flo- the floor pa- plan so far. Right. I mean, oh, just the make- Summers house has at least like 200 bedrooms. <laughs> yeah, for <laughs> sure. For Cons- sure. I mean, Faith could sit up in the basement. She could just put a little cot down there. Yeah, where the know? zombie cat came from. <laughs> yeah. Sure. <laughs> yeah, I think the basement would be real spotting. So, you know. I have a couple questions about this uh, Joyce scene. If I yes, may, please. One, how ridiculous that she's still calling him Mr. Giles after band candy. <laughs> right. And, but also, two, she <laughs> talked to Giles, which means they have like phone calls, I think, about Buffy. I would like to say regular phone calls where they talk about Buffy on the phone. Yeah, but yeah, like, yeah. are they calls about Buffy or are they calls about something else being disguised as calls about Buffy? Right, right. Well, that's Buffy is their in, you know, like that's the thing that they right. get to say right. they're going to talk uh, about. I just like really need to call. And then before Mr. like the Giles. Ad- <laughs> Mr. Giles, <laughs> Mr. Right. Giles. 
And then Giles is like, right, I think this and this for Buffy. Also, I've been playing some new records. Would you like to, <laughs> would you like to hear? I got that Seals and Croft you've been looking for. <laughs> Here's a rolled up cigarette. Um, no, friend of the pod, uh, Kristen Sutherland, I am imagining her, uh, right, your new BFF, Kristen Sutherland? Yes, of yes, course, yeah, of course. Yeah. Friend I, of the pod, for sure. I am imagining her, like, twirling a phone cord. <laughs> because kids phones used to have cords twirling a phone cord talking to mr giles about buffy yes oh yeah yeah yeah. like leaning against the door frame maybe having a little schnapps i'm just saying (laughs) all right um this is this is my favorite transition yes yes yes, please 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 take us here (laughs) because this is where joyce says honestly is there anything keeping you here Cut to <laughs> Angel. Oh God! Listen, fire, we, lip gloss, lip gloss. <laughs> the Jean Paul Sartre is in the original French. He is oh, reading La Nausée or Naja in the original French. That is all happening in Vamp Mansion. Oh. That is what's keeping Buffy here. I can't. He is so extreme. <laughs> I cannot. And we've got to we've got to start something that we've been letting slide far too often. It is officially time for us to start manning the helm of Angel Combustion Watch 2017 and forward. That dude is reading by the fucking fire. Did you know we even see in this episode, <laughs> him building what? a fire. Yes, he, he I puts don't... a fucking log on the thing. He throws a log into the fire. Did you know, audience, that <laughs> one of the things that can kill a vampire is a fire? Here's here's like here's the question I have in that section in all caps because when he throws that log on a fire, Buffy is sitting there in a tank top, and my all caps question is how cold is it in Sunnydale right now like what is the temperature like Sunnydale not no spoilers is a notoriously toasty spe- like place like this is yeah. this is Southern California you ladies from Southern California this is a warm place sure it's November it's fall sure his mansion doesn't have like doors and windows it just has like g- <laughs> gaping boarded up holes but like if if Buffy can wear a tank top then mm-hmm. I don't think it's fire weather unless like our vampires like because they're super cold they need more warmth I, I don't think they need warmth yeah. at all I think he's room temp and that's that's how what's like comfortable for them I think it's about uh, listen it's creating ambiance yeah I mean let's be real about how dramatic Angel is okay like I mean he's a guy who really likes to set the scene he went out he got back from the hell dimension he bought all new furniture at Pottery Barn you know he set up Vamp Mansion he wants the fire crackling he wants to brood by it read French by it you know it's the kind of guy he is it's nothing to do with he went to the antiquarian bookstore and he's like do you have Jean-Paul Sartre in the original French (laughs) thank you I uh, can't. Sir. All right. All right. Uh, um, I just, I can't deal with Angel in no, this but, entire episode. But what's great it's about that transition, which is probably my favorite transition of the episode, is like Angel is so ridiculous. Um, <laughs> right? That when Spike is looking in through the little hole, you're like kind of on Team Spike. You're like, yeah, that guy sucks. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> for sure. <laughs> I agree with you, Spike. I hate that guy too <laughs> in this moment. 
<laughs> As the fire glistens on his lip gloss, I don't like him either. Oh my so god. no, oh my no, god. no, I am not. I'm not down on on a bit of gloss on a man. That's not the problem. It's just like Angel is so efforty in all, yeah. in everything he does. So yes, yeah. consider yes. the package. Meanwhile, Spike is just tripping over himself, falling face first, and setting himself on fire. It's so good. That is like some comedy combustion right there. Oh, God, I love it. I love to, I don't know why I love this, but I love the little moment where he's like, his hand is on fire and he goes for the drip, the like small drip first <laughs> yeah. before like realizing that he can dunk his whole hand in the water. It's just real good. It's real good. Jenny, you were going to say something. I'm just like thinking about how, oh, wow, moments after we see Angel reading by his preferred method of illumination, <laughs> open firelight, we see another vampire almost die because he's on fire. <laughs> And I'm mad about uh, it. I, I have a, I have a non-fire related question, yes. and I don't know that anybody knows the answer to this. But how many magic shops exist in Sunnydale? Like, I think there's just the one. But, it's, but it's, there was the magic shop with the attack. My uncle Vinny, who was like the Orb of Thessala. Yeah, well, bada bing, Uncle, bada Vin uncle Vinny can't, or my, my cousin Vinny, I, like he can't, he can't work the magic shop 24 seven. So occasionally he has this girl who I'm going to call this woman who I'm going to call autumn, something similar, right? Yes. She, she, she greets Willow with blessed be. So blessed unless be. she has yeah. like an actual name, I'm going to call her autumn. So I like Vin it. Vinny can't like be hucking orbs of Thessala, like in every <laughs> shift, right? Like, okay. So this is the same shop. It's, just a different uh, I think it's been redecorated. Did Uncle Vinny die during the oh. Orb of Thessala Oh, yeah. Era? I think Uncle Vinny might have died. See, there's one magic shop, but <laughs> the mortality rate of magic shop <laughs> operators is dreadfully high. <laughs> Uh, well, well, with with Autumn's uh, entry into the magic shop, she's done some redecorating. In I a think few also, sorry, I think the magic shop is also the space that they used for Ethan Rain's Halloween. Buporium. Oh, well, the Buporium is probably seasonal, so maybe the magic shop leases out their space. <laughs> I just meant like Buffy the Vampire Slayer Inc. has like this one space that they like redress in a variety of ways, and that's two different ways. That it's right around the it. corner from the espresso pump. It's fine. This is fine. Yeah. This is a really big town, guys. It's a big, huge town with Love lots of locations. Yeah, not, down the not street too many from retail the outlets, but there's a movie theater. We got a uh, we got a neon sign this season. It's we're we're, we're, we're going oh, places. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what about the movie theater? Um, the the magic shop. What was I going to say? Oh, Autumn, or you know, whatever your preferred name for her is, uh, mm -hmm. has a really sick dragon mural on, yes. her, on the wall Yo, of her shop. So that dragon know. mural rocks. Um, <laughs> Autumn's other art, which <laughs> I found pretty interesting um, in terms of like primetime television in 1998 yeah uh, is this sort of like I don't know if she's like the she kind of looks like a Maleficent or something um, sort of like a like an alabaster skinned behorned woman <laughs> with um, two bare paper mache breasts <laughs> yeah a thousand percent paper mache. I have a note that says paper mache breasts right in front of me. And like, we see them so many times. We see them when every time Spike is talking in this scene, we see them in the uh, later magic shop, like a uh, battle Fight, scene. Yeah. And just after. Yeah, and they, like, and they get was... jostled. They get jostled. Yes, so they're sort of yeah. like bouncing they sway like luridly. To and yeah. fro. Yes. To and fro. Somebody was having a great time with the boots. <laughs> so, did they just like slide that past the sensors or are. 
Paper mache nipples allowed on television. I think paper mache nipples are probably allowed on television. I mean, this is art, Jenny. So I don't yeah. know, like, why you're unlike the human body. Yes. <laughs> right? Yes. Real yes. nipples? No, no. Disgusting. <laughs> paper mache nipples? Yes, yes. <laughs> I see. I see. I see. That's how TV works. Okay. Thank you for fixing me. I get it now. <laughs> I just want. So you you have in your notes, um, paper mache boobs. Is that what you said? Joanna? Uh, breasts. Breasts. Yes. And I, I, my notes is, uh, I just want you to picture it. Boob statue, exclamation point. Spice, Spike knocks, exclamation point. It, exclamation point. When, exclamation point. He, exclamation point. Kills, exclamation point. Her, exclamation point. Parentheses, R.I.P. R.I.P. Autumn. By Autumn. I liked Autumn. Also in there somewhere is like boils and dripping pustules and, you know. Right, 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 right. And then she goes, we don't carry leprosy. <laughs> <laughs> That's what she says. She says, we don't carry leprosy. <laughs> oh, God. It's so amazing. It's good. It's good. Yeah. I uh, want to, so I'm, I'm going out of order a little bit, but I want to bring up something that has to do with autumn while we're on the topic of autumn because later, Spike and Willow are downstairs and Spike and Willow have this moment where Spike's like, I haven't had a woman. And he says, unless you count... The woman at the magic shop, that and I just super weird, right? I I just felt like it was a weird line, and I and it made me interested to know more. Like, is it because because I feel like usually vampires like it's looked at like when they feed, it's like a sexual thing, no matter what. But this line by Spike uh, is like, I think Spike is like drunk and like full of like lust and sadness, and like got a <laughs> whiff of Willow's neck, and he's like, oh yeah, women. And like feeding and completely himself forgot about Autumn. I see. I see. No, but he says. And then he says it more, I think, to like terrorize Willow than anything else. Okay. 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 So you don't think. That's my interpretation. You don't think I need to pull out my encyclopedias on this one? I was like, hmm, interesting, Spike. I like to. I don't know what we've. I don't know. What I feel we've like... learned up to this point <laughs> in uh, season three, episode eight, in terms of sex and feeding and the, the overlap of those Venn diagrams. Yeah, I don't know. I feel in like this universe. they wrote the I haven't had a woman and I, like, I can't remember the last <laughs> time or whatever. And then somewhat smart like uh, script advisor in the room is like, um, actually, didn't he just have one? And they're like, oh, yeah. Scribble in a PS. Whoops. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, may, that adds up. Yeah, because he says it the way that I would say, like, ah, I haven't had a pizza. <laughs> is that something in- you say, Jenny? <laughs> Well, no, I just pizza was the most universal food I could think of off the top. I would I would actually say, man, I haven't had a dairy free, gluten free, no grain <laughs> shepherd's pie in weeks. Uh, that's uh, the kind of monster I am. That is sad. So yeah. uh, don't you wish I had just said pizza? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I took us down no, this dark, no. dark path. I'm sorry. <laughs> I just like I like Jenny that you were like, what would I say when thinking lustily upon something? And the first thing you hit was pizza. You were like, I. It's just pizza. something people lust yeah. after, like food wise. There was a there was a place down the street from us in Brooklyn, and they had this huge poster in their window, and it was an advertisement for pizza, not a brand of pizza, not a special pizza, just pizza, just. just 
The just food. The food. <laughs> and it was a sexy woman holding a slice and yeah. like about to take a bite. So yeah. like, no. what I mean to say, Jenny, is that you are not the only one who uh, considers pizza a very sexy food. <laughs> also, one particular, one particular advertising <laughs> agency. Yeah, yeah, just an ad for pizza. <laughs> who paid oh. for that ad? You know what I mean? <laughs> I do not know. Uncle Vinny. That's <laughs> <him>. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Anyhow, we go to the mayor's office. The mayor's uh, office? Is that what you call it? Yeah, the mayor's office. Yeah, I think that's what you call it. <laughs> I don't know. I just like panicked that it, I was like, doctor's office? Is it a mayor's office? Is it a mayor? No, it is a mayor's office. Mayor's the office mayor, the mayor in the larger is... city hall. City right, hall, right. Uh, yes. Where the mayor has his office. Yes. yes. See, I don't think we could have told you that <laughs> before. <laughs> well, I don't want to speak for Kristen. I couldn't have said that. Um, well, we get, I mean, I just, I like, I like any scene where I get the mayor and Alan together. I just. Yeah. Love the mayor and Alan. Guys, really enjoy. Yeah. I, I've been a little perturbed listening to your season three episodes uh, where I feel like the uh, general level of enthusiasm for the mayor is lower than it needs to be. <laughs> Whoa, really? I, I We've mean, been fucking I us? I need us to turn up the volume on our love for the mayor. Uh Sirens are here in the background. So you got you queued that up for the mayor. <laughs> yeah. You're like, these are my fireworks. I care about the mayor. God, the mayor's my. Well, I mean, I guess, I guess you call Spike and Drew and Angel the antagonist of season two. It's hard to beat that. But like for a single antagonist for a season, the yeah. mayor is my favorite. So uh, I just need us all to get a little bit more hepped. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. We're all about it, especially like the dark government aspect combined yeah. with the hand sanitizeriness yes. of it all. And putt-putt golf. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Putt-putt yeah. golf. And so much that we have not yet even seen. Also, his just like general way of telling j- dad jokes in like, yes. a, you know, like. I think I might be the mayor. Yeah. <laughs> What troubling, gosh. troubling for me. <laughs> troubling news for me. <laughs> I mean, he's he's yeah. sort of like the the uh, dad, Mister Peanut Butter, of this show. <laughs> he's true. It's true. He's very excitable. He loves. Yeah. He loves a good very positive. Yeah, yeah. He likes. He, he jabbing wants to, Alan. Yeah, he wants to think through his uh, his metaphors. Like, would a loose yes. cannon rock a boat? Like, is yes. that oh a my nice god? Metaphor? Such a great moment. Uh, he has mayor. a little thing. Do you do this, Jenny? Uh, are you the mayor? Like, if someone does something you don't like, if Kristen does something you don't like, do you just like whistle sharply at her? Because <laughs> <to make> her- <laughs> <laughs> that's what he does to Alan. Like, Alan's his poodle, and he's like, oh "Don't sit god. there, Alan. No, no." <laughs> that uh, is one thing I don't do to Kristen. Oh, thank God. I'll tell you. I'll tell you one thing. Kristen would tolerate is being <laughs> highly whistled at. <laughs> but I, I, I do like this scene where, you know, there's there's this question of, you know, they they made reference to the mayor in season two, like a couple times, right? To just sort of like mm-hmm. build him up as yes. someone who's coming. But I like that he's like, oh, Spike, he got up to so many shenanigans last year. We just had so much fun. You know, like it's a mm-hmm. nod to the fact that like the mayor was there even, you know, like that they that Spike and yes. the mayor coexisted in the same place yeah. for a while, even though we didn't see it. So I, you know, I liked I liked that little bit of continuity there. You know? Yeah, yes. same, yes. same. I thought it was a good 
could like kind of way of underlining it for people like who might not have been paying close attention to season two to say like, oh, this guy's been here the whole time. Yeah. And I, I also really like the way that they like talk, that they have like this commitment in the office to talking about things as though they're really running a government affair, you know, that it's like get a committee on that instead of like <laughs> Alan knows what's up. The mayor knows what's up. The police force even knows what's up. And yet they're, they're going to say still, committee. Yeah. They just got to keep it. Keep it above board. <laughs> Do you want to get a goon squad of poorly dressed vampires <laughs> to go after Spike? No. Let's call it a unwelcoming committee. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Roll out of the unwelcome wagon for Spike. Yeah. <laughs> We are. We talked already about Angel putting his fucking hands in the fire and his pottery barn decor, which were some of my notes for the next scene. But this is this is the scene also where I lo- lose it with Angel. Like the the fucking French by the fire was a lot, but this scene where he, like Buffy is fucking over and she and he's like, "What are the reasons that you want to stay?" Oh here? my god! But like, she's also doing it too. She's like. There are, she's of yes, course, there are. She's 17. Reasons. He's okay. a, a, a many okay. thousands years old. <laughs> okay, 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 okay. He, she's okay. supposed to be acting like that. He's literally a million. And, like, fucking get over yourself. I just cannot. I can't. I get it together, Angel. I've had enough of your shit. Like, you were a grown Look, man want, seven times over. If you want the 241-year-old vampire who's not going to act like a teenager when he's not getting whatever he wants from Buffy in terms of validation whatever find the 241 year old vampire who wouldn't fall in love with a 17 year old to begin with zing just a thought (laughs) okay okay (laughs) we'll look for that guy yeah. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you right now. I don't think we're gonna do a good job looking for that guy. I don't think that guy is around. <laughs> Whatever. Yeah. Do you want to watch Angel be like act uh, his age? Do you want to watch that or do you want to watch him like brood and mope and be ridiculous and read fucking <laughs> Nausea by the Fire in the original <laughs> French? <laughs> Nausea by the Fire. Wait, I just had I just had an idea about the why the fires. Oh, okay. Don't you think the reason that he keeps building these fires is so that he could be like, hey, should we do some sweaty shirtless Tai Chi now? <laughs> oh, yes. Yeah, it is a yes. good reason for him to That's take his shirt off all why the time. He wants it to be warm, of course, because if it's warm, he inexplicably sweats. Yes. Because like what's up with or all of his his circulatory system? And, like wh- why does he sweat? Why? No one can explain no, this. No, because because we have to just keep referring back to metaphysics. Metaphysics. But yes, Joanna, I'm also on but, board. But yeah, this glis- glistening the glistening Tai Chi. I'm I am crushed. Uh, no <laughs> slash. Can't wait to hear you guys talk about the glistening Tai Chi of Revelations because <laughs> it's like yeah, it's, it's amazing. really special. It it's is really so and you're right. Very it's fire much. fire can make it so hot that he has to take his shirt off. Fire might get ash on his shirt. That oh no, oh. it's dirty. I have to take it off. There's a lot of ways. <laughs> and then oops, my shirt came oops. off. I just, oh no, how <laughs> it happened. <laughs> You can shop from anywhere doing pretty much anything. You might shop while working, eating, or even listening to this podcast. And however you shop, we all know and love the thrill of the hunt. But do you also know how to get the thrill of the best deals? Because Rakuten shoppers do. With Rakuten, they get the deals they love with the most savings and cash back. And you can get it too. Start getting cash back at your favorite stores like Sephora, Nike, and even Expedia if you're looking to get some travel in. And getting cash back doesn't mean you have to miss out on sales because those can just be stacked right on top. 
It's easy to use and based on a simple idea. Stores pay Rakuten for sending them shoppers, and Rakuten shares the money with you as cash back through PayPal or check. Download the free Rakuten app and never miss a deal. Or go to Rakuten.com to start getting the most bang for your buck. That's R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. <laughs> so, okay, if anybody has anything left to say about Angel and Fire in this scene, please let me know. But I, I'm going to unfortunately it. take us, if there's nothing more here, to this scene where they're doing magic mostly i'm I'm upset because my first note is about this fucking feather and this line that xander Ugh. has where he's like feather and who will i be tickling gross. i hate gross. him i hate gross. him i hate him gross. ah he makes me want to peel my own skin off my body <laughs> and soak it in some acid before putting it back on my body this, this is where willow goes um like I think that right, this is a scene where she goes like us together is that, and I'm like it is, yes, it is, yes, yes, yes. yes. Exactly she what has it a, is. a moment of clarity. Also, she does a horrible job of hiding what she's doing. Like I don't understand <laughs> I mean, what her plan was here. You Xerox did, it or something. You didn't do chem with feathers. I don't know what to tell you. About. <laughs> like, it's just like the book that says literally nothing witchcraft. else about witchcraft on the front. <laughs> Come on. Witchcraft, the novel. Um, yeah. yeah, that's true. That's a good uh, point. Uh, as much as I hate Xander, which I do, it smells like church. Wait, evil church is a good line. That um, is it's a good an entrance. exact note that I have. Yeah. yeah. Though his one good line. Yeah. <laughs> There's also, what was I watching? Was it Revelations? Where, sorry, to keep talking about an episode your listeners have already have heard you talk about, but like where, yeah, when they make out in the library and he goes, she says no, and he goes, oh, right, and no means no. And he actually does stop. Like I was expecting him yes. to like just keep going. But then she initiates. And so I was like, yes, oh, okay, yes, Xander yes. said no means no. And then he actually did stop. That's good. Good points. points yeah, he had one half of one <laughs> second of a good moment. Oh. So many. Ugh. It's okay. He's about, to, he's about to get punished. He's unconscious. Forget about him for a while because Spike is here to force Willow to make a love spell for him. What a great premise yeah. what a great idea a, I love it what a great favorite character Spike and choice. Willow dream team <laughs> uh, Willow's hair I just a small note on Willow's hair is like super Angela Chase at this point like oh. they are using the same color yeah. that same color gloss that like mm-hmm. herbal essence gloss exactly yeah. oh, yes herbal essence mm-hmm. um, they painted that shit on 
it, yeah, so we've talked before about like when Willow's upset, we're upset as Willow yeah. goes, so yeah. goes, so goes our nation. But like, uh-huh. um, <laughs> this is my favorite. I think this is my favorite Allison Hannigan acting so far in the series. Like, she has much, much more acting to do as we go down the road. But like, here as she's like listening to Spike talking and she's like panicked and crying, but trying not to cry and trying to listen, but also doesn't care. Uh, and is just trying to hold it together. Like, everything that's happening on her face. Mm-hmm in this one scene is just incredible Uh, yeah it it got a sad face emoji drawing from me when she says yes i'll do it like right at like he i think he pulls her hair um and she's like terrified and when she says yes i'll do it my heart shattered into a million pieces just willow poor willow um bad bad spike yeah this is not very bad spike this is where the problematic part of the fave comes in. But but also Spike, I mean, as horrible as Spike is in some of these moments, Spike also has like a really great uh, arc of sat, like where he sort of, he's like mean Spike and he wants what he wants. And then he has another one of these breaks where he's just like, I'm going to, this Willow's here. So I'm, <laughs> I'm just going to tell like, her everything unload. that happened. Yeah. I'm going to tell her about this thing and about this other and thing. And this chaos demon with its slime and its antlers. I gave Drew everything. I gave her beautiful jewels, even beautiful girls. Don't worry. I wrote that down just so everyone... <laughs> Wouldn't miss it. Great, great, great. <laughs> um, my first when when you say the words together, lovers walk. My first like my call my Rorschach test call and response for that is <laughs> slime and antlers. <laughs> like that's, that's the first thing I think of when I hear lovers Amazing. walk is slime and antlers, chaos demon. Um, <laughs> Also, fun fact about Lover's Walk that I found out on the Lover's Walk Wikipedia page. Uh, Did you know that in the original script, it doesn't have an apostrophe? So it's just like this sad, short, declarative sentence. It's just like, lovers walk. I don't know. Wow. (laughs) Lovers, they walk. They walk. So anyway. Um, and, and then, you know, Will- Willow is terrorized here, but she does stand up, you know, she says there will be no bottle in the face. There'll be no having of any kind with me. You know, mm-hmm. like she does try her best. But yeah, this is this is just rough stuff to watch. Well, then we go. Well, then we go to Cordy's bowling here for a brief break. And then <laughs> and then like, OK, things are rough at the factory. Yes. But then thankfully we get some comic relief. When Spike heads on over to Joyce's house. Guys. <laughs> guys. Reunited it's our favorite, and it feels so good. Our favorite duo back together. Oh, my God. Okay. I can't like I can't tell you how many times in previous episodes I've wanted to use gifts from this episode. Yes. But I like didn't do it because I didn't want to. Sp- you know what I mean? Like we weren't there yet. And I was like, I need to wait until we get here to use my favorite gifts of the whole series. <laughs> but that, uh, that might, it, this is the best gift of the whole series, right? Right? It is. Is Spike standing behind Joyce <laughs> while Angel looms in the doorway. <laughs> Uh, fake menacing her and he's not gonna hurt Joyce because he loves Joyce Joyce finds him little mini marshmallows like he's never gonna hurt her but like he's fucking well he might but he's messing with Angel and it's just the best thing visually but like before before anybody gets there when it's just Spike and Joyce and she's like made him cocoa and he's like going on and on about Drew and like is a little more composed but is kind of saying a lot of the same stuff that he said to Willow and she's like 
genuinely trying to offer him like real advice and like comfort and saying like oh you know like sometimes she sounds very unreasonable (laughs) seem right for each other and their lives just take different paths like Joyce is like momming hard yeah yeah I really appreciate that yeah Joyce is momming hard and Angel by the way just to just to bring a light over here for a second. Angel was just skulking in the woods. He was just walking by. He and was also, just, the door was just wide open. He was like seriously pulling some Edward Cullen shit in the woods. He was like, I'll just walk <laughs> by her house and, and look protect in her. her window. I know. When, when if you recall, like she left him and he's like, but it's early. And she's like, yeah, my mom worries. I'm going to go home. He's like, cool. I'll just follow you. Hang outside your house. This is fine. Right? I do this all the time. This is way different from the time when I was evil and would leave you drawing. It's super oh, different, right? Different so guy now. Very different. Sure. And like, and like, poor Joyce cannot cannot keep up. I like, know. she thinks she's talking to the good vampire, and then Angel is there trying to like bust through the no invitation barrier, and she's like flipping out because, as far as she knows, Angel is dead or just gone. Does she ever I don't find think out she from knows Buffy? That, no, but see I this. This is the issue. This is the like sadness of this uh, scene where Joyce is momming Spike so hard is like, Buffy, you too could be the beneficiary of this good momming if you could just tell your mom what's going on with you, but you don't ever. Joyce is perpetually in the dark, but she's got all this momming to like love to give and Buffy's not here for it. She gets it all from Giles, you know? Isn't that the way? That, well, that was my way. I mean, certainly, yeah. like, my mom had a lot of momming to give, and I was interested in none of it. True. Sure. Sure. I sure. shared yeah. nothing with my mom. and yeah. my friend. But my friends would. My friends would sit and talk to my mom. Like, they would do it, that's not a, me. That's a great mm. point. And, Jenny, I believe the kitchen door is open because it's hot, so why do you have a fire, Angel? <laughs> <laughs> also, also, like, I, I, know, I don't love, like, I don't love watching people walk into glass pane things, but I, I don't do know, but find I find it hilarious. I'm sorry. And I, I'm just thrilled getting to see Angel hit the hit the invisible glass of the barrier. <laughs> no, the, when it's when it's supernatural, it's especially hilarious. Right? Like, oh, <laughs> spell glass. Um, and then, you know, we talked about the bad of Spike a bit. We might have glossed over it, the bad of Spike, but some of the good of Spike was my favorite thing that that James Marshers ever does a Spike is kind of sing his lines. So when he goes like, <laughs> "You're not invited," <laughs> so he good. Does. Oh. Yeah, so good. Yeah, he's good. Um, also, uh, Spike calls it refers to Angel uh, as uh, Great Poof. Yeah, yes. And now, you is and this your Great the poof. very first occurrence of Spike calling Angel a Great Poof? Oh. I haven't heard him. I haven't heard it before now because I, think, I wrote it down and I had n- I don't remember I don't recall hearing it before this moment. Is that a, this is, that is a, the world premiere of Great Poof? Is it? Does that happen a lot? Does he call him a poof a lot? I don't know. Oh. Some things I remember. What do are they I ever don't. in an episode together again? We don't know. Yeah, who knows? This could be the, the last time we ever see Spike. Yeah, Spike's so, gone. You know. He drove off. <laughs> And Speaking of creepyish boyfriend girlfriend stuff, um, Oz can smell Willow from far away. I don't know why, but I don't find it creepy at all. I was like, "That's so sweet." No, but <laughs> but it's so good because you're like, you know, because Cordelia says this is very disturbing, and he goes, "I really agree," which is just such a good Oz reaction good to response. his own supernatural yeah. abilities. You yes. know what I mean? Oh, and then we have uh, Angel, Buffy, and Spike returning to the scene of the crime that is the the magic shop, and uh, this is where Buffy goes. He's probably just got them locked up in the factory. And, and <laughs> <laughs> Marsh just gives like 
expert delivery of how, how thick do you think I am? Like, no, <laughs> never do that. <laughs> very, very subtle. Yeah. Right. One of my notes in this, I'm like, fine, I'm in it. I'm in it. Like, I want the three of them to be like palling around Sunnydale so that they can get all the requirements that Spike has so that they can find their friends. But I just feel like in no other episode to date. Have they ever done? Like, they would just be like, fuck off. We'll find them ourselves. Like, there's not that many places to look. Listen. I just. Buffy and Spike have a history now. They had a truce. It was a whole thing. It's true. It's true. Yeah, but I feel like they would just tie him up and, I don't know, throw a holy water molotov cocktails <laughs> or something Ooh. like that until he tells them but uh right but yeah but- I, I, I like this idea that buffy has like a bit of an allegiance to spike even though they walk in and it's like he's murdered someone so <laughs> <laughs> the lines oh are blurry yeah, she's literally like your work and he doesn't even <laughs> respond there's just like a unspoken understanding that he's like yeah autumn. sometimes i kill people Listen, (laughs) she was annoying. She's the kind of person who greets people with blessed be. So it's no great (laughs) loss. It's fine. So Spike has this. Spike has this little monologue in the magic shop that I want to just play a sound clip for because it's just it's real good. You're not friends. You'll never be friends. You'll be in love till it kills you both. You'll fight. And you'll shag, and you'll hate each other till it makes you quiver, but you'll never be friends. Love isn't brains, children. It's blood. Blood screaming inside you to work its will. I may be love's bitch, but at least I'm man enough to admit it. Okay, so I'm not going to pause it, and I'm not going to play it for you, Joanna, but it's the you're not friends. You'll never you're... be friends? Yeah, You'll be in love until it kills you both? <laughs> you'll fight, and you'll shag, and you'll hate each other until it makes you quiver, but you'll never be friends? Love. It's, it's not brains, children. It's blood. Blood screaming inside you to work its will. I may be love's bitch, but at least I'm man enough to admit it. That? <laughs> That's the one. That's the one. You you did it. Uh, uh, such, such an amazing speech. Amazing it, it really speech. is. I like. I went to Google it because I was like, I don't. I'm, I don't. I didn't have it memorized because I'm not cool, and I didn't know if I was going to transcribe the whole thing. So I was like, let me Google it. And like when you Google like Spike, let's. It's like let's not be friends. Would you like to pull up this famous speech that Spike <laughs> delivers in the magic shop? But it's really great, and I I don't know. I And there's a moment that Buffy has toward, towards the end of the episode, too, where she's like, I guess, like, you know, I can fool my friends. I can fool everybody except for myself and also Spike. Like, I love that Spike, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, he sees the truth between the two of them. I mean, I, I kind of think everybody does. But, um, but I love that he gets to share this moment with them and, like, be the one to kind of call it out since Angel is just – ridiculous and can't speak his feelings out loud because he needs a few more years on the planet to learn how to I like learn. I like to call this Spike recaps the film when Harry met Sally <laughs> <laughs> can a man and woman be friends no says Spike no um yeah I uh that I am, I'm like that you brought up that line where Buffy says, I can fool Giles and I can fool my friends, but I can't fool myself. Uh, you're not fooling Giles and right. you're not fooling your friends. <laughs> right. Yeah, pretty much you everybody are knows. yourself, but not Spike. <laughs> so, yeah. But yeah, Spike's get, Spike gets it. He gets it, man. He gets it. And then I don't even want to. I don't want to talk about it. It's so gross. It's <laughs> I have in all caps here, gross, gross, 
gross. They make out gross. <laughs> it's just like I was telling Jenny before we um, watched the episode tonight that I, you know, I've only seen the series one time. And so I really only have a handful of memories because I'm also me and I don't remember things very well. And this scene, I remember, you know, it's like one of like five scenes that I remember very vividly. Yeah. Um, the, the, them making out and me being very upset about it and Cordelia falling. falling. It's just the whole thing like it probably I was set up for it with the Pez I was set up for it with the photos fine but it's just also it's just I hate it I hate it and I wish it didn't have to happen you know the falling is that like extra Joss twist of like she did not need to get this is P.S. this is where this is the scene that made me learn the word rebar she did not need to get rebar through her (laughs) rib cage in order to like really feel what was happening here I mean it's right. So but distressing. It's so, and her line, like the, the fact I that fell. she just, yes, Ugh. I fell. Oh, yeah. It just like guts, it guts me, get it? Because she's, okay. <laughs> you know, and this really didn't have to happen because Oz and Cordelia came down a long set of stairs and also had to like break into a door. Somewhere, yeah, like so. Willow how did was, they not hear them coming? Willow yeah. was flinging her body against that door to no avail. So that door definitely made some sort of noise, like when they opened it earlier. So yeah, I like they. You hear them a little bit on like the last two steps, yeah, before yeah, yeah. they get to and like okay, like they're making. I don't know. You're making out. The world goes away. Maybe, but uh, it's just it's all terrible. I also, like like. Not so whatever. I mean, this there's a lot of reasons to not be happy about what happens here. But <laughs> the the fact that like Xander, I mean, Xander has been knocked super unconscious. He he wakes up and he says like I'm feeling nauseous. I like can't stand up straight. So I, I've never been in this position before. I've never been in the in the basement of a factory with blood dripping from my head with my best friend having who been I have feelings for. by a but peroxided just, vampire. I have been in some I have. like. <laughs> You have. Okay, so maybe you can speak to this. <laughs> I have been in some life or death scenarios before, and I'm just going to tell you that, like, making out with somebody is probably not going to be – like, I just don't think that's what would have happened. I just feel like they would have done something else here and not kissed. I don't buy it. Also, like, she was, like, putting her hands near his wound. Near his I was like, it's just – he's got it, like – Huge, massive wound on the side of his head. It's disgusting. Uh, it's all bad. So, so all while, terrible. While this is all happening, the committee, the mayor's committee, is you know after Spike and something that I also took issue with in this fight scene. So I do love it. I love how they're like, oh, we're staying. They're just like so annoyed. Also, Angel the, vamp- the, the lead like, vampire is like, you guys can go. What yeah. vampire is ever like? Oh, there's twenty of us and one of Spike. Let's just let these humans go. I think go. the mayor runs a tight ship. You know, I mm. think the mayor's like, get in, get out. Do whatever. Okay. Here's your target. Don't make a mess. Don't destroy the espresso pump and the magic shop yes. at the same time. Right. Trying to take <laughs> care of Sunnydale. But I, what I hate is that they just painstakingly found all these fucking ingredients for this fucking love spell. And then the vampires are there. And they, you watch the paper bags. They just toss them to Throw the side. To the no, side. Also, there's not really much in those paper bags. <laughs> <laughs> There's like, like some feathers. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, they needed lots Couple of raven feathers. Various feathers from various creatures for um, that spell. Also, Lenny, the lead vampire, has yeah. this is this is where I really do miss Kate. I want to hear her thoughts on the necklace that he's wearing <laughs> because it's like it's a statement necklace. He's got a whole thing happening. I didn't notice the necklace. Can yeah, you can you tell the us about, all it? about 
it's not quite a choker, but it's like <laughs> it's high. It's quite. It's like a rope. It's like a thick metal Ooh. rope chain thing. And he's got like he's one of those Aww. '70s vampires. He's he's one of those guys with like the leather coat and the open collar printed, right. which is also '90s. Uh, like Cassander <laughs> would probably wear that also. But totally. like you know, like he's looking very '70s. He's got this like huge necklace on. Spike names him. His name is Lenny. He does. Lenny does not make it through this episode, but you know, no, pour one out for right. Lenny and R. his R. fashion fashion sense. <laughs> <laughs> also, shout out to Buffy with a move that I'm not sure we've seen. Maybe we have, but where she takes out two vamps with yeah. one steak. Yeah. Nice. The, the, the vamp kebab move. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Very good. That's the official name in the in the vampire book. It says. <laughs> can we can we also talk about the the recurrence of this uh, angel face that we see anytime Angel is experiencing pain, struggling, fighting, anything like physically taxing in any any direction mm-hmm. as he's. Holding a door closed with all of his strength, <laughs> he has his teeth bared like a cartoon, and he's like sort of just like wait, like wagging his head around really fast and like changing the diameter of his bared teeth ever so slightly uh. with each turn. I feel like this is worth noting because it is a David Boreanaz as Angel staple, and <laughs> you will see it a lot once you know what to look for. Also, the door that he was holding oh with all of his strength. Once it's finally knocked balsa down on top wood. of him, all, yeah, w- fucking balsa wood and all of two vampires run in on yeah. top of him. And he remains laying down yeah. under the door forever. And then when Buffy, the slayer, comes over to move the door off of him, which is like a piece of styrofoam, she like has to like push it to the side and then flip it up. She can't just like flip it off of him. And she's like, you're not up to your full strength. A vampire does not need to be up to their full strength. Strength, right? Like straight just up, get up. <laughs> Giles, Giles would have just stood up, like nonsense. Just a, just a watcher man with no special. Just a regular dude. Just a regular dude would have stood right up. Yeah, uh, Trash. I, I agree. Angel under that door is ridiculous. Angel just struggling Do you think he was, like, under that door, mentally like reciting lo- like lines from nausea. <laughs> While he was laying down underneath that door. Like, why should I even get up? In the original yeah. French. Maybe, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Maybe that's what was happening down there. He was just thinking through his deep, brooding angel thoughts. He was like, let me take a moment in the darkness of this door. So you're saying, like, so Angel is actually soft. But it's Spike. Spikes is the one who gets called soft, which is apparently, like, a trigger word for him. Like, like yes. Marty McFly and Chicken. Like, you call yes. Spike soft and he will pop off on you, which he does. With, like, a... With like a really elaborate baby themed taunts. Yes. <laughs> like that goes have, on and on and on. Right? Baby um, like his supper, I have yeah. written down in all caps. <laughs> Why doesn't baby have a nap? He says. <laughs> uh, what a weird choice. <laughs> Here's one thing I want to say, because I yeah, I don't think yeah, Spike wasn't doing any fighting in the last episode I did with you guys. You know, we we can have our criticisms of our uh Buffy the Vampire Slayer stunt doubles. Mm-hmm. Uh but one thing I will say is that Spike's fighting style is always very distinctive to me. It's a very mm. like swingy underdog barroom brawl sort of yeah. thing. Probably like Specifically crafted to make his coat look really good, but um, (laughs) (laughs) you know he's always just like I. I just I really love whoever his stunt double is. I think I think Spike fighting other vampires is one of my hell yes. Yes. I am I am there with you. I love I love a good Spike fight. Um, Some some Spike fights I like more than others, but I I can't talk about those yet. 
Uh, and Spike, this is where Spike does his grand turnaround. Yeah, he's gained a lot of perspective by getting to do some violence. Yes, he he realizes that love is a funny thing. <laughs> would you know what? Would you say that like this is where Spike gets his groove back? Because that's what I, I would say. I I would I would say exactly that. One hundred percent. Much like Stella, Spike here gets his groove back. Oh, yes, and thank God, because I'll tell you what. As much as I love a little bit of sad drunk Spike, uh, I do love Spike with the windows down, singing loudly, uh, ready to. I mean, his his exact words are, tie her up, torture her till she loves me again, which is problematic, but is couched in vampire land. Like, so, it's problematic, except for that is actually exactly what Drew, what Drew is wants. interested in. Yeah. Exactly. Like, that's why I was like, I was like, Ugh, and I was like, ah. Right. <laughs> those it's are, like, those are my range of emotions. They, it's like, if they've got a safe word, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We're, we're certainly not going to yuck any yums here in the land of uh, Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Mm-hmm. So. Speaking of yucking and yumming, um, I just want to paper mache boob alert one more time because there they are. <laughs> Jiggling their hearts out. <laughs> well, you know, that might be the first time on the podcast that the word jiggling has been said. So thank you, Joanna. Oh, yeah. For bringing it into our orbit. Well, okay. Once again, feel free to edit this out if you consider this problematic. But there was this, there's this scene earlier in the episode where Buffy is like doing jump rope in a tank top. Yeah. And um, it's a scene. So... I don't know if you guys ever watched uh, Doctor Who, but I, I, not. I not only like have watched Doctor Who, but I've watched it like with the commentary. And uh, there was one scene once where like Billy Piper, who plays Doctor Who's companion, like there's just like a just like a real close up on her like tight shirt that she's wearing. And David Tennant, who I consider quite woke, he's like, yeah, I think that one was for the lads. And that's what I think of all the time. I mean, like that's heteronormative. But I was like, that's for the lads or whoever would enjoy Sarah Michelle right. Gellar jumping rope in a tank top. Oh my this God. was this scene was for you. you yeah, know? she like, you know. Now that you say that, Joanna, like I feel like there were a lot of boobs in this episode because there's a because in this scene, I think in the magic shop, she's also wearing like I noticed it that she was like wearing a very low cut tank that was also like glistening. She had a little angel glisten going on. It's the same tank. She's just put a hoodie on top of it, but it's the same like very low cut tank. I see. Uh, and she is, she is quite glistening. Anyway, uh, <laughs> glistening and jiggling is what uh, yes. my podcast. <laughs> uh, speaking of jiggling, we should probably give uh, the sexual tension award to someone. Now, I am going to tell you what, Jenny, you should play the jingle. Play the jingle. Let's start there. Sure, sure. Let's have a discussion on if anyone has ideas about who the Sexual Attention Award is going for, because usually I have it all in my head, and I don't. Joanna, did you have a standout? I don't have a standout because, like, everything's so bad and sad. Right, but, uh, right. But maybe Joyce and Spike. Right? <laughs> like, that's as close as I could get. Joyce and Spike. Or, or wow. Joyce's imaginary phone call with Mr. Child. <laughs> <laughs> When we talked about that earlier, I was like, ooh, maybe that's where it will go. <laughs> what do you think, Jenny? I The only other thing I'd put on the table alongside the imaginary phone call between Joyce and Mr. Giles is the sort of like next generation thruple of ooh. Spike, Angel, Angel and, Buffy and Buffy walking yeah. around like poking at each other yeah. and like... 
Okay. And and fighting together. Like I did. I right, loved right. watching them fight together. Like hell yeah. Reluctant. Like Buffy's like, I guess we're staying. And but <laughs> then they have like a really good time fighting together. Yeah. I don't know. I'm I'm on the. I my heart wants to give it to a thruple always. Right. But in my mind, I kind of enjoy them as like a threes company. Like, you sure. know what I mean? Like, like a they're just like palling around. Yep. Yep. Um, so I don't know. I might go. I might go. Is it okay to go, Spike and Joyce? Yes, says me. Joanna <laughs> wow. says yes. Do you think it's okay? I this is a democracy. So me favoring the imaginary phone call between Joyce and Mr. Giles <laughs> is both in the minority and also not an actual thing that happens. It's hard. This is a hard one. The mini marshmallows. Right? That's exactly okay. Joanna, I'm I'm like locking eyes with you across Aww. the miles right now because that's what exactly what I thought. I was like, well, there was the mini marshmallows. Why? Why did I think that too? I don't know why. Um, but I think they just have something special. They do. I'll allow it. All right. There it is. Sexual tension award. You didn't see it coming, folks. So okay, so Joyce so, well, okay, so let me can I talk to you about the uh, the sexual transition award? Yes, please. <laughs> yeah, it please might do. it might belong here, okay. which is so fucked up. It's a cheap shot, but it's fast enough that like I think it's funny. I can't. I like uh, teenage me does not remember. I don't remember teenage me being annoyed by this. So uh, adult me probably would be, but. <laughs> Cordelia is lying there with rebar through her ribs. She goes to Xander. I can't see you. Passes out. She looks dead. Cut to a funeral. (laughs) Right? (laughs) Where the person uh, presiding over the funeral says, for the dominion of Hades is not on earth, for righteousness is immortal. What is this funeral that's happening? I don't know. What denomination is citing Hades? (laughs) Exactly. Wow. Um, like you, like I expect him to say Hecate next or something like that. But then, uh, <laughs> but, then but then Will and Buffy are taking a stroll in the graveyard, and, and Buffy says, "So Cordelia is going to be okay, right?" So this this oh, is like uh, a, a cheap, crazy transition. But but really? I would leave it like the most diabolical of the episode. So. Seriously, yeah. I I was wrong. I did use caps one other place, and it is fucked up funeral trick in all caps. <laughs> yeah. That's fucked up. It's pretty fucked up. <laughs> really fucked up. Uh, and it worked on me. I remember it working on me not that long ago, the first time I watched this episode. I was oh, you like, were like, oh. Cordelia's dead? Really? Ha- yes. <laughs> oh. I yeah. really did. I really thought. I mean, why wouldn't you think, you know? I know. They, they killed Jenny Calendar. Why wouldn't they kill Cordelia? Yeah. 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 Anything, anything could happen. Mm. Um, but you know what's great about Cordelia getting impaled. <laughs> if there's a plus, if there's a silver lining. If there's one silver lining, it's that we get to see her no makeup look. Yeah. Which She's beautiful. I love, support, celebrate mm-hmm. and embrace with a full heart. Yes. And uh deep admiration. Yes, I think I mean Praise. both for both for the trauma that she's been through this episode and for her beauty. Uh, I think we should give Cordelia her jingle. Cordelia, I love you, Cordelia. You're perfect, Cordelia. The way that scene is shot too, where you just where you like we can see Cordelia's face, but Xander can't. 
Like until she turns yeah. around and we see yeah. her in like full light. But for a long time, it's just her with her face to the camera looking so sad and small Ugh. and upset. And yeah. Xander like trying like, like well, you know, Xander's trying in this scene. Mm-hmm. But like, you know, when she's like, <laughs> go leave me alone. Uh, it's yeah, it's, it's gutting. It's I lot. mean, that's the thing is like even even the even those of us who are not a fan of like Xander being with Cordelia, I think at least for me, I, I want, I wanted to like revel in the moment that Cordelia wasn't with Xander anymore, was upset with Xander. And, and it's just like, there's nothing to celebrate. It's just so, she's so so, sad. She's so sad. Uh, And she, you know, I know that Willow is usually our barometer, but I, we've really followed Cordy at the end here. She's just, cause we've never seen her. We've never seen her like this. Yeah. Um, with, Without, you know, we've seen moments of her having here and there, but nothing like this. And it's yeah, it's just sad. It got another sad emoji. She fell. She fell. She fell. She fell so bad. Mm. Uh, and um. then back to Vamp Mansion. Yeah. Back to Vamp <laughs> Mansion. <laughs> For a breakup. Um, a breakup that's definitely gonna stick. This is it, guys. Definitely be an angel part ways forever. Oh my god. I'm it. not coming back. Also, this what is- I want from you, I can never have. His penis and then he says i don't accept that she goes you know what bro you have to yeah for now That's the thing. like it amazes me i mean it shouldn't amaze me but it's just like the fact that she's 17 and she's the one that like is just i'm gonna walk away i have to walk away from this you're left being like really dude like you you really weren't gonna help her out like he's she, he doesn't help her out at all he's like i don't accept that like he's you know what I mean? He should yeah. be the one. To, I just if, ugh, even if he's angry. not like mature enough, as as Jenny points out, like we want our our vampire lover to have teenage feelings. But even if he's not mature enough to like be the one to initiate it, if your teenage lover says like <laughs> I shouldn't be with you because you know uh, apocalyptic violence, uh, you know <laughs> right? you, sh- you should be grown up to be like yeah I get that. I too have read Sartre in the original French. You know, like I get it. We should not be together. And so he says, "I don't accept that." Like, fuck that response. Yeah, I don't fuck like that. It. I agree. I agree. Fuck that response. Not happy with it. Um, we usually don't play the patriarchy jingle more than once in an episode, but Angel's bullshit. I would like to play it again. I'd like to play it again. The patriarchy. <laughs> Unprecedented. <laughs> um, Tor, as we wind down out of this episode, I <laughs> I started writing. Everyone is so sad because it's just like I have horrible sadness, mon- sadness yes! montage. Sadness- <laughs> exactly. It's okay. The saddest montage. Please. Oh my god. I you by the sound of your okay. Oh, I'm wondering oh, if you're gonna oh, say what oh, I'm gonna say. Okay. Oh, I think we might all have the same thing. Okay, God, Joanna. What were you gonna say? What was your okay for? Okay, like first first Peswitch. Okay, but then like. Why is Oz in the bronze after yes! it's like closed? <laughs> That's exactly my note. LOL, Oz playing guitar alone on the bronze pool table. That, as as the musician of the group, that did not ring an alarm for me. No. I was like, sure. Of course. He can play it alone there, but did he break into the bronze? Like, it's right. closed. It's closing time. No. Like, everyone's d- got home, and Oz Dingos is still at the are, bronze. like, they're essentially the house band at this point, and Oz is definitely the most responsible person in that band. He probably has keys to the bronze. I just, oh, my God. Uh, so, oh, wait. So, you're saying 
You're saying that Oz like went to the bronze in the dead of night and just like opened it up so he could walk in and play and strum his little heart, his little werewolf heart out. A werewolf in love. A werewolf uh, in love. Uh, Lock eyes with the camera. Uh, <laughs> okay, so if like Chris and I had the same thing, what was your thing? My my thing was, okay, after Oz, we see Xander in the library, Cordelia mm-hmm. in the hospital, and then we see Buffy, <laughs> so sad, wearing the traditional morning colors of pink leopard print. <laughs> oh, yeah. I have terrible pink, le- terrible pink leopard print button down. This is where we need Kate. Yeah. <laughs> I what a- is that shirt? <laughs> I made a special Joanna-specific note to say, uh, I, I think that this is where Buffy would have typically put on her overalls of sadness. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> and- well- she has not. She's really plot twisted us all with this choice. The the other thing I want to say is that uh, I, I was on record uh, the last time I was on this podcast as loving her giraffe pants, which I do. I have such fondness for Buffy's giraffe pants, <laughs> yes. but I can't follow her down this animal print path. This is not one <laughs> I can. Too far. It's like hot pink. It's hot it's pink very... leopard print. Very, very bad. Extreme. Very. <laughs> it's a very. I just and I wonder about it from just like a production standpoint. Like from a like, how did they come to that place? What is uh, it supposed to signify? Like it's like sad, uh, sad, sad leopard print. Okay. Hot pink, electric pink leopard print. <laughs> like I, the first time I watched this episode in preparation for this podcast, like I was watching it on a smaller screen, and I was like, "Is that leopard print? It can't be. That's too terrible." And then I watched it again. And I was like, "That is." Some fluorescent leopard print. Serious shit. It really. My is. God. Yeah. So. so like everyone is so sad, so except sad. for one guy named Spike, who's leaving. Also, the only one leaving Sunnydale. So maybe there's something we can mm, glean. discern from that uh, particular. Those two we talked. Did we talk about the fact that he crashed through the Sunnydale sign both times? Did we say that yes. out loud? We did. Okay, we did. Good. Few. Yes. So continue, um, the, the the other thing that I learned from the Lovers Walk Wikipedia page, which I did not realize, is that this is not the Sex Pistols singing my way. It's Gary Oldman. Yes. Doing um because he played Sid Vicious uh doing the Sex Pistols doing my way. What so. a choice. I wonder if it was easier for them to license oh, yeah, that, that master than more it was sense. for them. Mm. <laughs> I was like, why? But I was like, <laughs> I was like, I'm sure Spike loves Gary Oldman. He's probably seen like uh Bram Stoker's Dracula a bunch of times. Like he's really into what Gary Oldman's putting down, but like well, this is an eccentric choice. But you're right. Yeah. Me, me, the musician has the right answer, I think, here. Wow. 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 You've just opened, I feel like. We saw the Sunset Club, like, vampire worshiper human people watching, like, vampire movies. But I wonder, like, what the relationship is between vampires and vampire movies. Yeah. <laughs> is Spike watching Bram Stoker's? I feel Ooh. like I feel like he would be very crit. Like I actually would love to hear Spike like talk about uh, he would, like, Tom Cruise to an interview with a vampire it. and be like, yes. that's that's garbage. Brad Pitt's garbage, but who's you know who's great? Gary Oldman. <laughs> <laughs> great. Oh my god, I love that. Like angels sitting by the fire reading books in French <laughs> while Spike is watching Interview with a Vampire and giving us commentary. <laughs> listen, really, listen. Really no good. spoilers, but just think about what you know about Spike's taste if he ever comes back in the show if he ever if, right if I he mean, ever what, returns think about what you know about spike's taste in pop culture and yeah, ruminate solid, on that so. solid call <laughs> wow i think we've really done it we have time. really done it we uh 
The only the only sad part about this is that we've we've done it, but now we have to say goodbye to Joanna, which is a thing I never ever want to do. Oh, ever. guys, alas, alack! Please have me back. I did not oh. mean for that to rhyme. That was like the be kind rewind of uh, <laughs> of farewells. That was a beautiful poem, and I will treasure it always. Thank um, you for composing it for us on the spot. So, Joanna, what what seventy five podcasts are you mm. doing at the moment? Yes, where can everyone find you? Yeah, well, you know, you might want to listen to me on Storm of Spoilers because we actually just got a request from a listener to do a Buffy themed episode of Storm of Spoilers because we're no! like, we're in our off season. We were doing, I think we were doing Game of Thrones when the 20th anniversary happened. So, no, that's not true. Anyway, point being, we owe we owe our listenership a Buffy podcast episode Hell of Star Spoilers. Yes. So you might want to listen to that. We're we're talking about all kinds of fun stuff over on that podcast. If you're interested in uh, award season and all, which who knows you might be, I do a podcast called Little Gold Men for Vanity Fair. And nice. uh, if you listen to Fighting in the War Room, I'm on it this week for like ten minutes. <laughs> before, well, this this will be a couple weeks from now. But anyway, point being, um, I'm everywhere, and yeah, also truly. on Twitter at Joe wrote this. Oh, Joanna, it's always the best. We love having you on. We hope to have you back this season. We hope we get you back another time this season. Every yes. minute of every day. Yeah, can <laughs> you clear your schedule? Yeah, actually, now that we know that we can just Skype call you in without warning to look out <laughs> a valuable tool uh yeah yeah so who knows i might crash uh crash into the sunnydale sign that is your podcast and then yes! oh, <laughs> what an image what a beautiful glorious image <laughs> well i'm jenny owen youngs and when i'm not making this podcast i'm making songs you can hear some of them over at jennyowenyoungs.com slash buffering and you can always give me a holler on twitter at Jenny Owen Youngs. Yes, and I am Kristen Russo. You can find me on Twitter at Kristen Noleen. That's K-R-I-S-T-I-N-N-O-E-L-I-N-E. And you can also learn more about the ongoing work that I do with LGBTQ communities and their families over at KristenNoleen.com. Buffering Cast is on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at BufferingCast, and you can drop us an email at BufferingTheVampireSlayer at gmail.com. You sure can, and you can support the work that we're doing here, both talking about Buffy and slaying the patriarchy on a weekly basis by going on over to Patreon. Uh, our Patreon page is linked on our website, BufferingTheVampireSlayer.com. Just click on Patreon, and you can support at the $5, $5, or $10 level and get pretty sweet things in return for your support. You can also go on over to iTunes and rate and review us. We would love it. And it'll help people find the show. Sure will. Well, Joanna, will you will you howl out with us? Please, I would love to. Great, fantastic. Till next time. Uh-oh. I kind of fucked that up a little, guys. So. Do you want to do it? Do you want to do it again? Oh gosh, another uh, howl. All right. Yes, I'm ready. All, all right, right. Hell yeah. Till next time.
Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am extremely excited to invite you to Rachel Uncensored. It's my podcast where I sit down and get real with my friends and celebrity guests where we talk about all sorts of topics. And sometimes we might be under the influence when we do so. We cover things from personal stories to hot button issues. And it's the only place on the internet you can find an uncensored version of me. It's a side of me that you might not have seen before because it's not the most family or brand friendly. But don't worry, I'm still sort of slightly a decent human being. If you're intrigued, then make sure you check it out. New episodes drop every Wednesday. You can find it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored.